Let's do a quick recap, okay? Uh, it will just take a few seconds. Okay, chapter 1, Nehemiah got word uh, that the walls of Jerusalem remain in ruins. So from chapter 2 to chapter 6, that began a process where he went back to Jerusalem uh, to rebuild the wall. And of course, there were opposition, uh, but still uh, the wall was completed in 52 days. And in chapter 7, uh, it was just a listing of names as people matter to God. And in chapter 8, there was a reading of the Word of God, of the law, uh, and there's the beginning of a revival in the land. And we read in chapter 9 and 10 that actually revival has begun. And the last verse of chapter 10, which you see on the screen right now, it says, we will not neglect the house of our God. But did they fulfill everything? So did the Israelites kept their promises, the vows, and the covenant that they made with God? Uh, so we shall see, even as we consider chapter, a bit of chapter 12 and chapter 13, and uh, just to make the sermon complete, let's look at uh, chapter 11 a bit, okay? So here in chapter 11, uh, let's read this. Uh, now the leaders of the people settle in Jerusalem. The rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while the remaining were to stay in their own towns. So the people commanded all who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. So the city walls and the gates were completed, but the city was bereft of occupants. So they need people to come to the city and to occupy the city. So they, they draw lots, uh, and uh, it's a bit like our online, uh, uh, rather our physical church, right? We have to do a ticketing system for you to come. So it, it sounded a bit like that. So there were priests, there were Levites, there were gatekeepers, and there were people from the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. So today my focus is on chapter 13. So uh, just a quick outline of chapter 12. So if you miss what, what Pastor Joel uh, has preached uh, in the earlier two services, uh, do log online and listen uh, to uh, what he preached from chapter 12. But here it is, uh, a brief outline of chapter 12. So verses 1 to 11 the priests and the Levites in the days of Zerubbabel, the high priest. Uh, verses 12 to 21 is a listing of the priests in the days of Joachim. Uh, 22 to 26, the Levites were sought out uh, during the reign of Darius the Persian. Uh, and then there was a gathering of the Levites for the dedication ceremony. And verse 30 was the purification of the wall, the gates, and the people and verses 31 to 43, there were two big choirs that came uh, from either side and they met in the middle. Uh, and in verses 44 to 47, there were apportionments uh, as well as the appointments on this joyous day. So let me just read two verses from chapter 12. In verse 30, when the priests and Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. And on that day, they offered 
great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced, and the sound of rejoicing uh, could be heard uh, even far away. You know, the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far, far away. So it would have been great if the book of Nehemiah ended here. And I can also throw in, and, it, and they live happily ever after. But did they? Yeah, so let's look at chapter 13. Did they live happily ever after? So the beginning of chapter 13. So on that day, the book of Moses was read aloud in the hearing of the people. And there it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God because they had not met the Israelites with food and water, but had hired Balaam to call a curse on them. Our God, however, turned the curse into a blessing. When the people heard this law, they excluded from Israel all who were of foreign descent. But while all this was going on, so this is Nehemiah speaking, but while all this was going on, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Sometime later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. So verse 1 of chapter 13, on that day. So what day was that? So we know that Nehemiah has gone back to Babylon to serve the king again. And this, on that day, is a lengthy break between chapter 12 and chapter 13. So we do not know precisely how long that break was. It could possibly be five or six years. So uh, this lengthy break where the book of Moses was read uh, and, and the revival that we read in chapters 9 and 10 fizzled out. So they did not continue strong in the Lord. They did not fly high and last long. So they punctured along the way. Yeah, so they did not last long and they did not finish strong in the Lord. So the sermon today, I've titled it SOP for Finishing Strong. So when, when uh, I was assigned uh, chapters 12 and 13, so when I came to chapter 13 and I read the portion where Nehemiah tore people's hair out and all that, I was like scratching my head how to preach this kind of sermon, you know? And, and the Lord just downloaded and, and, and the Lord said, look at the word SOP, you know? I mean, when we look at all this COVID-19, we, we look at a lot of SOP. Then the Lord said, look at the word SOP. What do you see there? And this is what I got. Okay, separation, obedience, purification. And it's covered by the grace and mercy of God. So the reading of the book of law which led to revival did not last very long. And this is really the story of our lives. You know, sometimes I really wish that the moment that we receive Christ, uh, we will all be transported, zapped, or go to heaven. 
uh, then no need to suffer on earth. But that is not the case, right? So that happened to the people of Israel. They started well, but they did not finish strong. So uh, let's uh, look at how we can finish strong. So they read the book of the law. They read the book of Moses. So the law in itself is like a mirror. So if you look at the mirror and you see ugly, which I do not see ugly at all, never in my life, don't blame the mirror and don't break the mirror because the law only reveals our ugliness. The law only reveals that we are truly sinner, sinners in need of a saviour. There's nothing wrong with the law, but the law in itself cannot save you. You really need the grace, the mercy, and the strength of the Holy Spirit to, to keep us strong and keep this SOP that I've shown to you. So let's look at the first SOP, which is separation. Okay, so the issue that we read in both the book of Ezra and Nehemiah is that the people did not separate themselves uh, with the people around them. So in Ezra 9 verse 1 to 2, we read, The people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighbouring peoples with their detestable practices like those of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons and have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. And the leaders and officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness. So even in the book of Ezra, they have not separated themselves from the neighbouring people. And this same violation was repeated in the book of Nehemiah. And in uh, chapter 13, verse 1, we read, The Ammonites and the Moabites were admitted into the assembly of God. And in verses 23 to 24, uh, there were intermarriage with foreign women and half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the people. So they have forgotten even the Hebrew language. They do not know how to speak the Hebrew language. So what were the reactions of two men of God? One, Ezra and Nehemiah. So these were their reactions that you see on screen. So Ezra was so frustrated. Wow, he tore his hair out. You know, he ripped his cloak and his tunic, and he also tore out his beard, and he sat down appalled. So Ezra was reacting as a priest to the people. So he was actually moving in the office of a priest, and he was actually uh, 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 repenting on behalf of the people. That's why he tore his uh, hair and beard out. Well, Nehemiah is a cool guy, and for me, I really admire Nehemiah, and I want to be a Nehemiah, not an Ezra and pull my hair out. So Nehemiah, uh, what did he do? He rebuked them, he called curses down on them, he beat some of them up, 
and he pulled their hair, not his hair. He pulled their hair out. Yeah? So uh, this is the Nehemiah. And why did he do that? Because he acted in the office of a governor and a king. So all of us as believers, we should operate in the office of prophet, priest, and king. Amen? So uh, when we operate in, in the office of a king, we have this, uh, we are a holy priesthood, a royal nation. Yeah, amen. So uh, let's do that. So um, many, uh, two years ago when I came uh, on board full-time, uh, some people asked me, hey, what kind of ministry do you like? You know? So I told them, the church don't have a slapping ministry. Yeah. I said, why do you want a slapping ministry? You, know, you slap the living daylights of people. Uh, you slap the devil out of them. You know? And this is what Nehemiah did. He really you know, uh, exercised his authority and, and pulled the people out. So, uh, so why the need to separate? So Nehemiah 13 verse 26, we read that, uh, and this is uh, Nehemiah's uh, admonishment of the people that why they need to separate, and he reminded them of what happened to King Solomon. So was it not because of marriages like this that Solomon, king of Israel, sinned? Among the many nations, there was no king like him. He was loved by God and God made him king over all Israel. But even he was led into sin by foreign women. Must we hear now that you too are doing all this terrible wickedness and are being unfaithful to our God by marrying foreign women? So separation is necessary to be set apart for Yahweh and to remain faithful to Him only. And it is also to prevent the foreign wives from turning the hearts of the Israelites away from the Lord. And lastly, that the blessings of God and godly legacy can be passed from generation to generation. Amen? So that was the reason for the separation. So you may be telling me, Pastor, what's the relevance to me today? So the relevance to us today, we read in 1 Peter 1 verse 13, Therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. So holy is to be set apart uh, and, uh, for God and there is this separation that must happen. So uh, another portion of Scripture from 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, I apologize that this morning there will be lots and lots of scripture because when the Lord downloaded this SOP to me, the, the Bible verses just keep coming. And uh, I don't apologize because that's what we're supposed to do. Learn from the Word of God and that's the best place to be. Yeah? So 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers 
For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Baal? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen? So, when you read this verse, don't have this idea, ah, oh, I have a non-believing spouse, so that's my license to divorce. You better don't do it. That's not what the Word of the Lord says. Yeah, This verse, if you are not married and you are looking for a spouse, uh, uh, this is a guidance to you that we should not be unequally yoked. So look for a spouse who is also a believer. But if you have an unbelieving spouse, that means you became a Christian uh, later on after getting married and you still have an unbelieving spouse, they are under your covering and pray for them. Be a good example, a testimony uh, to them and win them over to God. Yeah, amen? So this is not an excuse for you to separate. Uh, uh, if not, I will really start the slapping ministry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, uh, so let's read the next verses. And I really like this in the Passion Translation. So you have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Don't you know that flirting with the world's values places you at odds with God? Whoever chooses to be the world's friend makes himself God's enemy. Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? but He continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So living a separated life, does it mean that we go and live in a monastery, you know, up in the mountain and meditate the whole night long, lock ourselves away from the world? No, 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 no. That's not what the Lord wants. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. So we have to live a separate life. We are to be the salt and the light of the earth. Yeah? So uh, this separation is not to separate ourselves from people, but we are to be the salt and light of the earth and live a separate life to God. Amen? So many years ago, uh, when I was still working in the corporate world, uh, I remember I was on a business trip 
So after dinner, uh, the branch managers uh, asked me to go for a drink. So we went to a pub nearby and uh, they ordered their beer. And to maintain my testimony, I ordered orange juice. And I'm not joking, yeah, I, I really did order orange juice. And my orange juice was, was actually more expensive uh, than the beer, yeah. So, yeah, so while I was like sitting there talking to them, then suddenly one lady sat beside me. And I think this is the guest relations officer. And I can hear one of the branch managers tell me, hey, don't be so shy, huh? you can touch, touch one, you know. I was like, what? You know, so I excused myself and said, uh, I think it's uh, getting late, I need to go to the hotel room. So I went back to the hotel room, I, I, I clean up, I, I wash up, and suddenly there was a, a ring on my doorbell, uh, and when I peeped through that hole, I could see a man and a woman, they were handling out uh, leaflets and they were putting it uh, uh, and slipping it under the hotel uh, door uh, and they were offering room services, if you know what I mean, room services. You know, and could I have fallen? I was alone, young, hot-blooded, you know. Could I have fallen? I could have. But I chose to live a separate life. And it is by His grace, His mercy, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that I did not fall into sin. Amen? So let's give God glory. Hallelujah. Okay, so we can live a separate life to God. So uh, sin separates us from God. We need to separate ourselves from sin and its influence by consecrating ourselves to God. So we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So be the influencer, not the influence. Don't let the world influence you, but instead, you influence the world. So be the influencer, not the influence. So the second point is on obedience. And this part, the Israelites fail terribly. So uh, the issue were they were disobedient on these counts. The enemy was living in the temple of God. They had stopped giving the tithes and offerings to the Lord resulting in the Levites and the musicians abandoning their duties. There were violations regarding the Sabbath, and there were intermarriage, uh, including the grandson of a high priest uh, marrying the enemy's daughter. Imagine that. So, compromising our obedience will impact our worship of God. Let me repeat. Compromising our obedience will impact our worship of God. So in James chapter 1, again, I love this uh, in the ESV, but be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. But if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And in 1 Peter 4, verse 1 to 5, 
uh, in the Passion Translation, it says, Since Christ, though innocent, suffered in his flesh for you, now you also must be a prepared soldier, having the same mindset for whoever has died in his body is done with sin. So live the rest of your earthly life no longer concerned with human desires, but consumed with what brings pleasure to God. For you have already spent enough time doing what unbelievers love to do, living in debauchery, sensuality, partying, drunkenness, wild drinking parties, and the worship of demons. They marvel that you no longer rush to join them in the excesses of their corrupt lifestyle. And so, they vilify you. But one day, they will have to give an account to the one who is destined to judge the living and the dead. Again, when I was in the corporate world, every Thursday and sometimes on a Friday, they have drinking parties like you read in this verse, yeah? uh, and they have like a happy hour. And I never once joined my colleagues in these happy hours. Uh, and my boss also goes for these happy hours. And they tell me that, Jeffrey, what you're doing uh, is a career-limiting move. They even have a term for it. And this is exactly what this verse says. So they vilify you. So they will uh, ridicule you, they will make fun of you, they will vilify you. But I chose to be obedient to the Lord and I never uh, ever joined them for all these happy hours. So was it a career-limiting move for me? No. God came through for me. Because those people who spend all these happy hours drinking with the boss, carry their big leg, you know, they are still vice presidents and I got promoted to executive vice president. So all glory to God. So we don't have to do all these things just to carry favour with men. So young adults don't have to go happy hour one, okay? The Lord will fight your battles. The Lord will vindicate you. The Lord will promote you. So you don't have to do all these things, so Lord, just, just to get promoted. Amen? Okay, so uh, quickly, uh, on the, another verse. Okay, so let's read this aloud. So you may be saying, Pastor, it's so hard to be obedient to the Lord. You know, how can I be obedient to the Lord? So in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 56, it says that the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. So what do I mean by this phrase, that the strength of sin is the law? So let me give you an illustration. Let's say I have a meeting with Pastor Chiu. I'm supposed to meet him in his room. Uh, then he was late. So the secretary uh, came and told me, oh, Pastor Chiu will be half an hour late. So please wait in his room. Then suddenly the secretary said, oh, I've got stomachache, I need to go to the toilet, you know. Uh, so never mind, you wait in his room. And lo and behold, in his room, there is a strictly private and confidential file. And the title of the file is, 
SIBKL successor. Wow. So here I am waiting in the room, nobody around, you know. What do you think goes through my mind? Yeah? So that is the strength of the law. I will quickly look around, nobody, yeah? take a peep, you know. So that is the strength of the law. So how are we to obey the Lord? So in these verses, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 9. Let's read it aloud together with me, okay? So 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 9. Uh, 1, 2, 3. Let's read together. 1, 2, 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who calls us by His own glory and goodness. Through this, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So, amen? So, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He always uses the law to accuse us, but thanks be to God that even as we have read in these verses, that His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Amen? And in 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 13 to 16, uh, let me quickly read to you, Mercy kissed me even though I used to be a blasphemer, a persecutor of believers and a scorner, of what turned out to be true. I was ignorant and didn't know what I was doing. I was flooded with such incredible grace, like a river overflowing its banks, until I was full of faith and love for Jesus, the Anointed One. I can testify that the Word is true and deserves to be received by all. For Jesus Christ came into the world to bring sinners back to life. Even me, Paul, the worst sinner of all. Yet I was captured by grace so that Jesus Christ could display through me the outpouring of His Spirit as a pattern to be seen for all, those who would believe in Him for eternal life. So the law demands but grace supplies. Yeah? So, in this verse, we read that it is such an incredible grace like a river overflowing its banks. And this is Paul writing. So, God can when we cannot. So, build your faith as without faith, it is impossible to please God. And Jesus Christ was obedient to God, even obedient unto the death on the cross at Calvary. 
Amen. And the last point, uh, let's have the worship team uh, on stage, uh, is on purification. Again, what was the issue? So there was defilement which needed purification. So Nehemiah gave orders to purify the rooms previously used by Tobiah. And in verse 17 and 22, he commanded that the Levites purify themselves and go and guard the gates in order to keep the Sabbath day holy. And in verses 29 and 30, uh, there is a purification of the priests and the Levites of everything foreign, and they were assigned duties each to his own task. So the most significant benefit of purity is that it allows us entrance into God's holy presence. In Matthew 5 verse 8, it says, uh, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So, the first violation uh, where they gave the room to Tobiah. So, my admonishment to all of us viewing online or here physically, don't give room to Tobiah. Clean up your temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, in Romans 12 verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. And you are a royal priesthood. So behave like one. So don't be like the priests and the Levites in Nehemiah 13 where they abandon their office. So you are a royal priesthood. Behave like one. In 1 Peter 2 verse 4, it reads, As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him call you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And the last point, rest in Jesus. So the Israelites did not keep the Sabbath. So for us, every day can be a Sabbath. Why? because we rest in Jesus, who is the Lord of Sabbath. Yeah? So we will be like Him. And in 1 Peter 2, we read that, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvellous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us and made us His very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognise who we are 
is that they didn't recognize Him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like Him, like Jesus. For we will see Him as He truly is. And all who focus their hope on Him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. Amen. So let us continually purify ourselves. And what are two practical ways that we can purify ourselves? It is by the washing of the Word of God in Ephesians uh, 5 verse 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And the next a practical way uh, in order to purify ourselves is keep short accounts with God. Confess your sins. In 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So dear brothers and sisters here physically as well as online, read the Word of God daily because when you read the Word of God, it is like the washing of your sins that you will be cleansed of your sins and the Word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword will convict your heart of your sins and even as you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and forgive your sins. So in closing, uh, what do you want God to remember you for? So in the closing verses of Nehemiah, uh, there were three times that Nehemiah and uh, talked to God, remember me, remember me, remember me. And there's one time say, remember them, for they did not do this. But three times Nehemiah say, remember me. And in Nehemiah verse 31, it says, Remember me with favour, my God. But there is one person, and all this, remember me, remember me, remember me, that Nehemiah quoted was based on what Nehemiah did for God. But there is one person who called out to the Lord Jesus Christ, remember me. And this was the team was hanging beside our Lord Jesus Christ. If you follow the law, a thief will have to do restitution for what he has stolen before he can be forgiven under law. But on that cross, how can he make restitution for what he has stolen? But yet this dying thief turned to the Lord and said, Lord, remember me. And what did the Lord say? Today, you will be with me in paradise. 
because the Lord remembered the thief for his faith in him. So today, even right now in this physical church, if you are here today and you want the Lord to remember you, you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But just like the dying thief on the cross, just based on his faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, when he called out to the Lord, remember me, Lord. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. So can I ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads? If there's any one of us in the crowd, whether you're down here at the, uh, this level or at the balcony, if you have not received Christ into your heart as your personal Savior and Lord, and you say, Pastor, I want to be a Christian, I want to receive Christ for the very first time, can I humbly request you to just raise your hand high enough for me to see and by raising your hand you're saying pastor i want to be a christian i want jesus to remember me i cannot do it in my own strength i need the lord can i request you to raise your right hand and i will pray for you is there anyone up in the balcony is there anyone anyone at all Not, I presume all of us are believers. I would like to make another call. So for us who have been Christians for some time now, and even as you listen to this message on the SOP for finishing strong, there are many struggles in your life. And you're saying, Pastor, it is so hard to keep this SOP. It is so hard to live a life separated to God. It is so hard to be obedient to our Lord Jesus. It is so hard to live a life of purity. If that is you and you really need God's help, may I invite you to stand up wherever you are. You don't need to come to the front, but if you need me to pray for you and you need God to empower you, you want to live your life right before God, can I invite you to stand to your feet right now and I'll pray for you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sister. Yeah. Just stand up, not as an indication to me, but as an indication to God that you really need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that truly you want God to come and rescue you and help you to keep the faith and to finish strong. Father God, you see these brothers and sisters who are standing in our midst and even for those who are tuning in online. I pray, Lord, that truly, Lord, as they have stood up as an indication that they need you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will empower them, that by the strength of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you will help them to keep the faith that they will finish strong, Lord, that they will be an overcomer, Lord, that truly in the days ahead, Lord, they were able to separate their lives to you, Lord. They'll be able to be obedient to you and they will be able to live, live a life of purity before you. 
So we thank you and I speak a blessing over these dear ones. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's arise and let's close with this song. Hallelujah. In Christ alone. No one else, the Lord, but you alone. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and grant you his shalom peace. Till we meet again and all God's people say, Amen. Amen.